0: guys welcome back to my steps to sobriety my show on youtube and as a podcast with me a host stefan neff today is a fantastic day for an interview and uh this interview has 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 had quite a bit of a preamble until we got it together and i guess one of the biggest things was me being a humanist someone who who thinks of of the good and the bad in the world but who hasn't been touched by jesus christ now, here I am bringing on Christian Bolin, who is a man who lives his faith, who is who has written faith-based books. and I'm sort of thinking, man, who am I to talk to this dude about Christianity, <laughs> religion, et cetera. But as with everything, when there are when you think you're on polar opposites, you have to think, well, okay, what are the commonalities? How can you come to the same table? So the, the, the principle of crisis management, of of, uh, of of dealing with very difficult situations, find the commonalities. In this case, Christian and I actually turn out to have had quite a few commonalities, um, and that's why we're here. So today, I'm absolutely pleased to have Christian Bolin on my show. Welcome to my show.
1: Thank you so much, Stefan. I have been really looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm excited.
0: And it is amazing because I got the privilege uh, to read your book. So we both are authors. Um, and Christian, show us your book. And and uh, sure. that we might as well show it from the word go. Healing the Stormy Marriage. And that is speaks to me. And it should speak to pretty much everyone out there because most of the marriages, the majority of them in the, in Western countries are now going, going broke. They they, they go oh, for, yeah. for divorce. And how sad oh, yeah. is that? Um, yeah,
1: marriages are under assault like, like nobody's business. And our theme, of course, is around dealing with a spouse who happens to have mental health or addiction issues. And certainly the pandemic didn't do us any favors. Uh, certainly, rose the rates of domestic violence and divorce and, and a lot of mental health issues.
0: Yeah, timely topic. Very much so. Uh, things are getting worse. And it is a challenge for all of us, even those marriages that do not go into divorce or end up in divorce. I think it is fair to say there is not a single marriage that I've come across in my friendship circles etc where which was not under severe strain at one stage or the other so I truly truly have to say man we need to talk when yeah. I say man um this is more a general I, sh- I say I should say hey humans we need to talk yeah. because that applies Absolutely. to girls boys those who who identify in any other way um so whilst we are using here, probably more male and, and female pronouns. Um, yeah. Guys, don't get hung up on that, okay? We're yeah. talking about relationships where love is involved, where passion is involved, where yeah. hurt feelings are involved. And, yeah. well, I guess that defines marriage in the best possible yeah. way. Oh, my, uh, but, yeah. But one could, of course, say, what the hell? What makes us two qualified to talk about marriage? What makes you qualified to talk about to write a book about uh, marriage. Tell us a bit how that book actually came about.
1: Okay, sure, so uh, my wife and I have been married uh, 36 years, uh, separated four times, so living in separate homes, uh, filed for divorce twice. Uh, The last of the four separations, I actually bought her a house. She's also physically disabled and really didn't have the means to uh, you know, provide income for herself. So I actually bought her a house thinking that was it, absolutely determined that was it, because she has a severe mental health issue, a couple of them, a little bit debatable, but borderline personality disorder is her primary diagnosis. It's an insidious condition. And the vast majority of relationships that involve this kind of personality disorder break up and end up in divorce uh, we've been told multiple times that we we're kind of a statistical outlier that we're still together mm-hmm. but it was excruciatingly difficult and uh, my wife you know knowing that I was I write for a living and i was an author she said you know this is a book that deserves to be written to help people and this you know our, our book is not a memoir and, and you know that' Stefan having been through it it's really more of a self-help guide but but the the subtitle of the book is Hope and help for you when your loved one has mental health and addiction issues. And so it's really about hope. And the main message of hope is the fact that, you know, we're still together. There are others that are still together. And it is our firm belief, and it's captured in this book, that there are things that the the spouse who's trying to hold things together, and it's typically the one with fewer issues. By the way, I have my own. I'm a recovering addict. Uh, I shared with you just before the show that, I was still smoking weed uh, up to like a month before I met my wife. I mean, I still had an addiction. Mm. And that was at a time of kind of relapse when I had earlier tried to completely quit it. So I just told the whole world something that very few people know, but what the heck. (laughs) And I also have bipolar disorder. I have a, a milder form that's lesser understood bipolar disorder, too. And, you know, put the two together and you've got really just an awful potential situation where the one will feed into the other. And, and we, we experience that whole vicious cycle. So just on an experiential level, I do believe we're qualified to, to write that book. But I also have worked in, um, in a psychology related field. Uh, and I'm also a trained instructional designer. I, I'm, I build learning materials for a living. So the, the psychology of learning put it all together, I think it really, I feel like that higher power up there prepared me and enabled me to write a very important book to help a lot of people.
0: How beautiful is that, isn't it? Because those people who have been in the darkness, they feel empowered, they feel driven to actually head into the light and in turn be maybe the candle or the torch or the lighthouse in the darkness and in the storm of others. Because otherwise, why would God or the universe or whoever whoever has a say would put us in those situations where we get challenged, where we have to grow or crumble, um, or both. Um, So you have been there. And it is those insights that are therefore so valuable. It is all quite nice to talk to someone young in their career who's enthusiastic, who has read everything and who has had a very sheltered life and she's now or he is now talking to me about the problems and how to deal with them. I just want to strangle that little Upstart um whilst <laughs> whilst with you. <laughs> okay, hang on. The man has got a few scars, some very deep emotional scars. Uh, and he, yeah. he deserved them. Uh for well, not deserved, deserved is the wrong thing. He he carries them with now with a pride. Um, he has been through the storm, he has weathered it, and now it's time to change and, and help others maybe to look differently at at their lives and the challenges that they are facing so once we talked about the statistics of of divorce let's talk quickly about the statistics about personality disorders one in ten okay one in ten people Mm. have got personality disorders so this is actually not uncommon and some of them Mm. can be quite nice and some of them can be bitches Um, So there is is personality disorders is is when the brain is hardwired to maybe work differently and feel differently or not feel at all, depending upon the personality disorder. So Mm -hmm. that's one statistic. The other statistic is the addiction. Uh, Welcome, brother. Uh, That's all I can say to you, Christian, because one (laughs) in three have got a chemical addiction. So one in three. So therefore, if you look at it, there if you do a venn diagrams over overlapping lapping spheres then you very quickly find hell there is oh, so many people in that center where all of those things right. actually apply so this yeah. is a very timely and very important uh thing that we are talking today basically dealing with difficult relationships where yeah. people don't behave in the in in their best possible way, let's put it like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't know that anybody is normal. I'm sure you would agree, being a professional in this space. That that's a pretty loose term. So everybody's got a little little screw loose and a few marbles missing somewhere. But we, this book is, in our experience, is really speaking to where you you know you really feel like you're dealing with somebody that's just not connected to reality, or they're so emotionally unstable. Uh, that you, you're just kind of bewildered all the time, and it's, it's causing serious disruption. And we know that addiction can cause both of those things, right? Kind of psychosis and emotional instability and, and then, of course, sneaky and criminal behavior, and you mix it all in there. And so the, we feel like those, people in those situations deserve the need special help they need special strength and insights to deal with those extreme situations all marriages are difficult like you said but these are extremely difficult mm. but the great news in contrast to popular culture which says that hey if my spouse isn't making me happy that's like i bought a you know a, a loaf of bread that's, that didn't suit me i'm going to find a different brand you know they're, they it's not about the spouse making. I mean, this gets into the whole definition of what is love and what is marriage, uh, maybe a bigger topic, but I, you know, in preparing for this interview, I, I was thinking of the song by foreigner from years ago. I, I want to know what love is, uh, right? Yes. Such an important song. I want to know what love is. And I think I can tell you that, uh, certainly from, a. Spiritual perspective, from a Christian perspective, that love is much, much bigger than just finding that right person who is going to make me feel good. That's always going to disappoint. That's never going to pan out. Uh, it somehow it has to get to this point where we learn what love is is really caring about somebody else and being willing enough to uh, accept and work through very disappointing situations, being mistreated. And not abused on a sustained basis. We are not promoting that you should just suck up everything and and allow yourself to be abused. We don't support that at all. But there is a difference between learning to be patient because you love the other person that much, looking out for their best interest, uh, you know, accepting that maybe your life needs to be different than you thought it needed to be so that you can make the union work. I mean, so it's so different. That's a premise that's baked into our approach is that it's not just about uh, a relationship just where somebody else makes me happy. And if they don't just throw it out and find the next one, that's, that's just not the way, but I can tell you that coming out the other end, there is a great deal of joy. There is incredible joy in knowing like today and for the last 10 years, I mean, the first 25 years were, were, a living hell every few days. You know that from reading our book. But once she got proper treatment through a dialectical behavior therapy, a DBT program, which was so effective for these personality disorders, things really got better. And my wife and I have a loving relationship that I think is probably a lot healthier, more stable than a lot of couples have. So there's kind of like a yay, wow, it really did work out. And we're really happy today. I mean, I really believe that even though there are rough spots, that, that's kind of the message of hope is that, you know, between the power, this higher power, which we, we never would have made it even past the first year without that uh, and pursuing proper, well-researched psychology principles and practices and things like that, put them together. And you really got a, a, a magic formula for finding your way through and getting the strength that you need. That's, really in a nutshell what we what we feel is out
0: there for oh, it's people. beautiful that's absolutely beautiful and very well put for everyone out there let's let's just regroup for a moment because if you think about yourself you know that there are moments when you're just calm focused in the space and whatever you touch it will work that is just these zen moments where we are just perfectly there and clear. And that's lovely. Now, I don't know about your life, but my life is not often in those moments, but there are these moments there and I'm, I'm I'm trying to foster them and work on them, but that's another story. So that's sort of a really, really nice place to be. Unfortunately, then there is this other level of where we most often probably hang around, where we are stressed. Um, And so from Zen and calm and everything to actually we are stressed. And you can imagine that your behavior changes a little bit. Now, we are not saying anything about personality disorders. We're just talking about any, everyone out there. Yeah. So Zen, good, stress, okay, makes us grow. And then there's distress. And that's the next level up. Can you imagine that your behavior changes depending upon in which kind of level you find yourself in? So right. you have your dad, just normal behavior where when you're stressed or overwhelmed, maybe you come out as not such a nice person. My wife yeah. is, is perfect in that and I am perfect in that. And when we, when we married, I promised her never boring. That was my wedding wow. <laughs> I should have cut my tongue out at that moment because if we never had anything boring, but with that also, I mean, bloody hell, the challenges that came our way in our marriage, you don't want to have them on your worst enemy, okay? so uh-huh. but here you go. it was what it was. Um, and you have this issue and, we haven't even talked about addiction and haven't even talked about uh, mental health problems in me and my wife. But you can imagine when you're constantly in stress and distress, well, that's not a nice, nice thing to be. Can you imagine that you suddenly fight like cats and dogs um, and it's crazy. And you think, who have you married? She is a lunatic and she probably thought the same about me. Again, now add in then the ups and downs of life, add in then, depression, PTSD, anxiety, Um, imagine then that maybe your core beliefs that are so deep down inside and that were laid down when you were a little kiddo, um, that they might have been screwed up. Now, so you've got screwed up core beliefs, screwed up life, screwed up circumstances, add in a few uh, mental health problems. Right. You might as well yeah. put gasoline on the fire yeah. and throw some exactly fireworks true. in, isn't it? Yeah, you expect right? your relationship to work? You are kidding? Yeah, me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that kind of the premise behind that long-running TV show Survivor, where you put a bunch of people on an island and limit their food, make them hot <laughs> and uncomfortable, put them under all kinds of unnatural pressures, you know? And you're going to see fireworks, and that's kind of what our marriages are like. Uh, but I guess the i like the the one phrase that you hinted at here and that is that i didn't sign up for this and that's real common in the first month or year of a new marriage is like holy cow i had no idea i did not sign up for this well if there's this kernel of love that zen moment multiple zen moments during your courtship in the early marriage where there's this incredible connection where there's this real love for this, this person that's somewhere in all of that messiness, then our hope is that one of the spouses at least will say, it's okay. I didn't sign up for this, but I'm going to seek that higher power. I'm going to learn some new skills. I'm going to be the best person I can be. It's going to start with me. I mean, that's kind of the premise of our book too. You can't change the other person, but you can change your skill level and be the best version of you you can be, and trust that somehow through all of that, especially again, if you're believing in this higher power, then things will work out in a in a almost a supernatural way that you really can't foresee or control. Uh, and by the way, I do want to make clear that this book called Healing the Stormy Marriage, it, it is a Christ uh, Christian-based book. For those who are not into religion or into Christianity, there probably are better resources out there. Um, the only low reviews that we've got from the book are those who, who said it was too religious for me or they just didn't want it. They didn't realize it was a Christian book. So I just want to make that clear because we weave in probably 60% of the book is deeply spiritual Bible-based content. But, but you know, for example, I want to talk about some, some topics because, you know, I don't believe just – inspirational Bible scriptures and nuggets are going to get you through these kind of tough relationships. It isn't, you've, you've got to learn some real skills. And so you'll recall that some of the skills we talked about were, like what they call emotional regulation, becoming emotionally self-aware. That's, that's so. That's such an early skill that you need to learn because you're being bombarded. And, and Stefan, I don't know if you'd like me to share a couple of like vignettes of the craziness that hey. I experienced, but of course. Just, just for people to realize how hard this can get for folks. But when you have like literally in our first 10 years, we never went more than two weeks without a major emotional blowout. Usually it was every third day. And I never really knew what triggered it. I never knew what caused it and what kept it going. My, my wife would not let it go. She couldn't stop fussing and arguing. And she would follow me around the house. Even when a psychologist came, you know, we, we started to see a counselor. And at some point, he said, look, say red flag. Either one of you say red flag when you feel like it's gone nowhere and you need to stop talking. And the first time I said that, she stopped just long enough to, to remember, why would I have said those two words? And she just kept right on going. It was completely no effect. Um, And, you know, and she later we learned that she doesn't hear words the way people say them. There's there's stuff not firing correctly. She's not perceiving meaning. And there's all kinds of internal beliefs like you were talking about, these core beliefs that get in the way. So we're talking like this constantly, but I'm just not understanding that as a, you know, so I have all these emotions of frustration, and so forth, that I had to learn to recognize and accept. I had to be okay with feeling angry. I had to get to the root of what's causing the anger. And this also we addressed in our book about um, like being feeling accused. When I feel accused, it's going to create frustration and anger. When I feel guilty about something or when I feel powerless, these are the roots that are the primary emotions that trigger the things that we just say, oh, I'm angry. But what I learned was that if I can identify, and you probably know Brene Brown has a recent new very popular book, Atlas of the Heart, uh, where she says that the ability to manage emotion is directly connected to your understanding of the words and the meaning of those emotions. Like if you can identify an emotion, you have so much more power to regulate it. And so those are some skills that we talk about. Because otherwise, you just turned into a bottled-up guy that just stuffs something and stuffs something, and you just feel worse and worse, and you freak out, you know? <laughs> That's not helpful, right?
0: Oh, please. <laughs> Been there so many times. Got the scars, got the T-shirt, the ripped T-shirt, okay? <laughs> God, no, you you yeah. describe my marriage. Uh, you no. absolutely described my marriage, and, and it is... Uh, is however i loved that uh, that you were pointing to the drivers which are the core beliefs you've got an acronym for them you've got a mnemonic for them haven't yeah. you
1: Yes. Yeah. so I, I leveraged research mm-hmm. from others that i've cited these are leading researchers world-renowned folks in many cases and this one is a book called key core beliefs and it's the agrup a-g-r-u-p accused guilty rejected unloved and powerless and those five nasties are like the snakes that are hiding and we don't usually see them they just bite us and then we get mad but i have learned that as i am in tune with those and usually for me it's powerlessness I, i get so frustrated i can't control i mean i mean we there's just so many issues that i can't control it's taken superhuman patience to deal with it. And that's where the connection to God is so important. I, I just never would have had the kind of ability to be patient and loving. I, I don't know how folks do it without God of some kind. Uh, and by the way, Stefan, I read your book too. I thought it was just exceptional. I I absolutely loved it. And I loved how it Uh, It made it so accessible, this concept of higher power. You gave readers every opportunity to say, don't worry about the whole God label or anything like that, but be open to the idea that maybe there is something outside of yourself that can actually help. And I think that's such a a healthy, fair-minded way to look at it. And you you gave so many very precise, concrete, detailed examples of how to apply what was in the 12-steps program you know stuff that when I worked in juvenile corrections myself and I got exposed to it I recognized so many similarities with what the what the Bible teaches honestly there's a ton ton of it's the same mm-hmm. so I I mean, it just makes sense. That guy, Bill, you know, the founder of AA, was like a prophet. I mean, this guy was like tuned in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, first of all, thank you for the roses. I must say, uh, that was the book yeah. that we are talking about, My Steps to Sobriety. Um, yeah. And it is—it's uh, a lovely book. It's out there in electronic form, uh, in and hard copy, yeah. Uh, and I- soon as an audiobook. So, guys, uh, we have showed—we have showed us. We've showed you ours now. <laughs> up to you guys. Now these are these are valuable resources. They were written by men who have suffered too long to now just keep quiet and 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 just write it down to experience. We have written our experiences down and and the the things that. I guess I would have loved to know when I was in the darkness. and um, that's where my drive came from. I think the, the key thing, though, is the sheer fact that you guys are now listening to this podcast or watch this YouTube video means that you are so outside of your comfort zone that something in that, in that title or in that picture has shaken you, has grabbed you emotionally. That's why you're here. And for that, I commend you because you're so far outside of your comfort zone that you have decided enough is enough and that you're taking action. And this taking action is so important. This taking action that you're listening here and you're trying to suss out, hmm, what these two guys are talking about, that rings very much a bell. Brilliant. Mm. Brilliant. Mm you're coming to the table, you're opening up, you're starting to learn, you're starting a journey that is not easy. Because when you talk about relationships and when you say, oh, my wife is a bitch, she does this, she does that, oh my God. And tell you what she did last week. Well, yeah, okay. Um, Shall we actually talk? (laughs) Let let you simmer down. Why don't you write me a letter? uh, (laughs) Put it all down in writing, what a bitch she is, okay. And now that you've done that, Now, maybe let's talk together. So give me one example. Oh, she did that. Okay. Then maybe the next step would be, okay, what was your role in all that? What was the situation that you really like uh, when it all started? What did she actually say? What did you hear? How did you react to her statement? Could it be that you misunderstood her? That maybe this... Upgur or or whatever, however you get that mnemonic in your head. Was there any of these little snakes biting you? And for me, that's constant. Absolutely freaking constant. And sometimes I can see the the snakes. I can see these little buggers coming out. But only when I'm in my Zen moment, when I'm calm, when I'm in stress or in distress, God forbid, I, I can't see the snakes. They just come out. They bite me. And in turn, I bite back. So that's where most of our rows happen, uh, when my wife and I are tired, um, when we are hungry, <laughs> hungry, angry, lonely, tired. These are sort of the triggers for drinking. These are also the potent triggers for me to act like an idiot uh, and rip my wife's head off. And really let her have it because she deserves it. Uh, you're right. You're right. As if that ever got yeah. someone somewhere.
1: <laughs> well, you, you know, you hit on something very important there about the sobriety that that those who are trying to stay sober. You know, uh, in my case, it was drugs. Uh, those who are you know, those who are in these stressful relationships to learn these skills it's not only going to help you, you know, maintain your relationship, it's going to help you stay clean. Uh so so important. I mean, they're going to serve both purposes. So uh, I certainly hope that in listening to this that folks will say, "You know what? Maybe maybe it's not crazy." And I think for men in particular, mm-hmm. there's a macho element of this. I shouldn't have to deal with this. I'm a, I'm I'm getting suckered here. I'm I'm being a little wuss. Uh, I shouldn't have to be talked to by, by my spouse like this. And there, there absolutely is that kind of macho thing. And also men statistically won't read books like this as much as women will, mm -hmm. who will seek out this kind of help, hoping that the men listeners to this will, will be open to the fact that, you know what, the love and the peace that's possible in a relationship is so much more valuable and so worth it, that, that it's really worth taking a second look and saying, maybe there is a different way to look at love that the throwaway mentality of our culture really isn't the right way to look at things and that God or this higher power can help me beyond my own
0: capabilities. That's true. And call it a God of your understanding. And by using it like that, it can be a Christian God or a dirt God in your case. Um, does it mean that that your book and my book don't apply to someone who believes in islam well it does when you said that 60 percent of your book were were Mm faith-based i read your book and normally faith-based books they rub me up a bit the wrong way i guess there is just Mm -hmm. because i have not been touched by jesus christ so therefore Mm -hmm. some of the things don't make or didn't make sense in the past i should say Nowadays, I look for similarities and I look for, Mm -hmm. okay, let's let's jump over the shadow of I don't believe. But actually, what is the message that is coming across here? Just because Uh you put it in Christian words, what is the message that really is is behind those words? And often enough, I have to say, well, actually, I completely agree with these words. Oh, with those messages, yeah. shall I say, the way yeah. you have packaged this is just a little bit different. It just so happens that your imaginary friend is not my imaginary friend, but <laughs> that's right. that's about it. Okay, <laughs> the, the message is there. That and and I think that is what we need to learn. Um, that applies equally to a relationship. How many times did I find myself in a sit, in the in the situation that my wife was firing a full broadside at me and in the past I would have immediately fired back and third world war and nowadays things are different uh, most of the times when I'm in zen and when I'm in stress I can listen to what is behind that broadside and it typically a classic example what was it oh, last night that's right but I just came home uh tired after 12 hours straight work and uh, my kids had cooked something brilliant. So I added, my wife came in. <laughs> and it was, hmm, I could have immediately reacted. And in, in, in reality, she has had the same 12-hour day. She had, including yeah. travel, she actually had a 14-hour day. She had eaten oh, only crap. Um, oh. She was tired, um, stressed. And just the way she came out, was just a sign of her distress. It right. was not a sign of disrespect. It was not a sign of, I don't know, any of the core beliefs that could have been triggered. So last night, I just saw it for what it was. And for that, I was very grateful. I could have very easily exploded myself. Um, and you. But that is the skill. That is, that is what happens when you actually truly hand on heart, Stop your own emotions, stop your own ego for a moment. Actually, listen, what is she saying? She is hungry. Okay, make her a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. Just a little act of service. Um, If she lets you, hug her. Just give her a long hug. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But don't say a word. Don't, anything. Let her rant. But if she lets you hug, then you know what she really needs is love. And someone saying, it's going to be okay. And it's those kind of things. Stop your own ego for a moment and look at the the whole situation more holistically. Um, And you might be amazed how your life can change. That's
1: a great example of a simple skill, a simple approach that just works. And there are multiple sets of techniques that, that just work. It's not like somebody has to read an entire encyclopedia to get better at their relationship. I think that's a great example. And, and how often do we just skip the idea of just saying, I love you, and calmly hugging somebody.
0: And it says volumes, doesn't it? Mm, 100%. 100%. And you need to figure out if your partner is indeed uh, in that group and I would say the majority of people are they just love a hug other people hate a hug under these moments my wife is, is one of them it's it is probably uh, it's probably—it's—it's a double-edged sword um <laughs> I might I might actually cut through the whole crap and she calms down or I I flat I, I uh, fire uh, <laughs> that's right the flames go up so but then again I'm quite happy to try. Um, I from now and then humor works. Most of the time, it doesn't in my relationship because she hates my humor. Um, ah. But then again, there are there are times when you just need to work on your marriage, work on your relationship, and learn what works. Um, there is no, we can we can give you examples, but you need to use those examples and work them out. And yeah. God forbid, you could see as a as an, uh, humanist, I realize how often I use the word God. So it's quite interesting, actually. So it's always yeah. good, such interviews <laughs> with, with with you, Christian, uh, to actually sort of think, hmm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so That's coming good, back good, to good. the to, uh, to the topic, uh, would it not be amazing if you try to figure those things out together? Wouldn't it not yeah. be an amazing journey of growth that you actually try to sit down and say, hey, look, yesterday, can we just tease that apart? Not bring it all up and feel the same emotions, but maybe figure out what actually, what was upsetting you so much? And what would you have wished for how I would respond to you being upset? Ask such a question. You might be amazed about the answer. And...
1: Yeah, in moments of calm, it's a wonderful thing when a couple can debrief, if you will, what happened. Um, in in my case, it's no exaggeration to say that that was rare, and it would almost always lead to an, a follow on. Mm. It's just it just always triggered additional fears, and uh, it it was it was years, many years. I would say it was twenty years later before we could really reliably meaningfully debrief stuff it was just a skill that my wife is just not in her repertoire and that was incredibly frustrating for me so while i love the suggestion and i know that it's the right goal for couples to do exactly what you said um if if the listeners are in a situation where they feel like well i won't work with my spouse that still isn't the end of the road Mm. um You know, the the old uh, advice around marriage is 50-50. I'm waiting for you to give your 50%. I know I gave my 50%. Are you giving your 50%? And that's bad, bad advice. It's it's 100-100. So if I'm doing the very best I can, I shouldn't be watching too closely whether my spouse has given her 100. I think that helps a long way. And just keep focusing on myself. Give the best that I can. Mm. Uh, that might feel so unfair. Mm. Well, that's kind of too bad. You know, <laughs> there's a lot of hard, unpleasant lessons that we learn in this journey, and one of them is it ain't going to be fair. It's not going to feel good often, uh, but it's going to be worth it.
0: And it's all fair. It's also fair to say that at the time when you're going through everything looks different everything feels different Your own emotional roller coaster uh, changes the way you look at things and it is often with hindsight that you think whoa I've been really behaving yeah. like an idiot there so your own okay. contribution to the whole dilemma it's not apparent when it happens, because your feelings mm-hmm. are hurt, or your core beliefs are challenged, or something is happening, that really puts you onto the barricades. And yeah. that's not the time to think, but it is your privilege to reflect on those things. But only when you actually take time to do so. I think it yeah. is so important that in our daily life, we, we bring in time to reflect and to just sit still if you call that uh if you call that uh self-love and a moment in the in the jacuzzi or in a spa or whatever um that is a beautiful way of putting it if you call that prayer and or a guided meditation or just meditation however you call it just get off your hamster wheel for a moment, and actually take some time out and see what thoughts are coming through. Because your brain yeah. has a wonderful way of giving you the answers if you ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we often don't Agreed. take they don't take the time.
1: We don't. Uh, my wife actually suggests that I get into yoga. Um, she was the one first one that brought it to my attention. And I was fortunate that close to where we live, there was a, a really good yoga instructor and it made a huge difference in my life. I mean, yoga, not as a religion, but just as a discipline, the whole mind, body, and spirit getting synced and relaxing and the whole uh, mindfulness, which is a big thing right now. We mention in our book because mindfulness is such a healthy, wonderful practice. Uh it's it makes a huge difference. I mean, again, it's about me. It's about me taking care of me. Because if I'm not healthy, if I'm not feeling like I'm feeling pretty well and have some kind of joy in my life and so forth, I'm never going to last. I mean, we do not promote in the least bit that that that, that um, su- uh, surviving a marriage like this should just be this this a uh, slave like slog of misery and just sucking it up for years and years. I mean, that's not like it was. And by the way, we had many, many good times among all the hard times. Uh, and there was many Zen moments where we we felt the love we were re- reunited in what we really believed about each other, but also that I learned to be healthier and better and take care of myself through the emotions, through the yoga, through working out, I started working out more. And uh, for me, like weightlifting was like just, fabulous. I just felt amazing. I was taking better care of myself. So all these other things, the hobbies and all this stuff, uh, all that plays into it. So it is amazing. And I don't mean to sound like a a sales pitch. I, I have kind of a aversion to ever sounding like a sales guy, but I am enthused about what is in our book because it's honestly, it's the very best of whatever we learned, researched, experienced, and applied in our own life and we just know that it works and it's not that thick so that's the encouraging part it didn't take that long to read did it Stefan?
0: nope nope it's it's uh, uh something like 4 hours i would say um gives you uh, gives you the thing but this is not a race this is not just something yeah. where you where you zoom i've done it so now right. how do i get better no no yeah. and as with every good book you will read it and certain things jump out at you because you're ready to hear the message because there are many many messages in there okay in your book as well as in mine and if I sort of look at it here in my book that center bit here these are sort of things of self-love where you can actually do so much for yourself Mm. from is sort of all yeah, how to, uh, it's, it's it's shedding a bit more light on uh, the journey of alcohol and me and alcohol and you in turn. Yeah. But this is the magic. This is the self-love. This is tips and action plans, how you can get mm-hmm. yourself maybe just a little bit in a better place. So therefore, whatever challenges happen, um, then, you know, you're better prepared. So that's yeah. self-love in the center. And then mm-hmm. this one here, the end of the book, these are all mm-hmm. challenges, challenges that will hit you. That might be a toxic relationship. That might be an idiot at work. That might be financial trouble. Mm-hmm. That might, you know, all kinds of things. I'm going through them and, and give you maybe maybe some ideas how to prepare yourself for that and deal with that. But yeah. the center bit, the self-love is the core to you being able to deal with things in such a way mm. that you don't just don't just shoot from the hip and then ask questions, it's the shooting from the hip that uh, hot-headedness, the hot headedness that usually work. Oh please, please! Uh, so many the best email that you have ever regretted, uh, kind of thing. Oh, um, right. <laughs> yes, I'm the master <laughs> of them. Okay, so oh. and yeah. It is what it is. We are all humans, guys. We are all humans. And we are. We have got choices. We have got the power to make that choice, but you need to learn how to do it. It's just as much as you have got the power to, to ride a bike. If you have never learned how to ride a bike, it's going to be very traumatic. And in the, in the start, it's going to be hard. But guess yeah. what? Once you've learned how to ride a bike, it's much easier to get around, isn't it? Well, it's the Absolutely. same with a marriage. It's the same with a relationship. There are certain things you need to learn, but no one is teaching you them. So yeah, if you, you you constantly fall off the bike and no surprise that it hurts. Okay? So maybe find someone who knows how to ride a bike, who can show you a bit. Hey, maybe find someone who has gone through a really shitty marriage. <laughs> okay? I should say... <laughs> okay yeah we oh so i'm making point yeah. <laughs> i was pointing to to christian uh and then i i had to reverse and said so no it's actually <laughs> my marriage was just a shit so yeah come on mine um and and it is beautiful it's a beautiful beautiful journey guys and we invite you along to it because here's yeah. your here's your your way forward here is a new world like a parallel universe where actually um, throw away comments don't lead to a armed conflict within your kitchen, um, mm-hmm. but rather to understanding, to acts of service, acts of love, which in turn can be incredibly disarming if used wisely. And that is powerful. Mm-hmm. If you could st- just just stamp out any row from the word go, would that not be a superpower? Oh my, uh, exactly. Oh my,
1: and you do learn those skills. You yeah. do learn uh, to watch out for them, and to take care of yourself in the process. And may I share one other thought that that often plagues people in troubled relationships. And I'll credit uh, the world-renowned researchers of the Seven Principles of Successful Marriage, uh, Gottman and Silver. I cite this in the book that I thought it was such an important um, insight that successful marriages are not marriages that are devoid of all conflict. That all marriages have things that, and I love this analogy, it's kind of like dealing with a pesky back. So, I've got a back injury that maybe I've been dealing with for 40 years. I don't like it. It's always there. And I've just learned to accept it. Hmm. And a lot of marriages have three, 10, who knows how many things that would be kind of like having a bad back. They're not deal breakers, they're not going to crush you. But we do need to differentiate between things that truly have to be dealt with through properly setting boundaries and saying, this is unacceptable to me. I cannot live with this. And we have a whole chapter devoted to that. It's such an important skill. But there's the other stuff that we just have to get better at saying, ah, it's the peck ski bad back. Uh, I can deal with that. And there's things about me that drive my wife crazy. There's things about her that we just know they're there. They're going to happen. And I think that that can be a huge stress reliever for people if they say, hey, just because we have those doesn't mean we have a lousy marriage Mm -hmm. because these researchers identified that all marriages have them, Mm -hmm. all of them.
0: And it is those marriages or those stresses that make our marriage stronger. I strongly believe in that, that without the challenges that I and my wife endured separately and together, our marriage would never be this strong. Mm. There's this beautiful interview of of a couple who was married uh, something like seventy five years, you know, extremely <laughs> long. Um, wow. And they asked them, of course, hey, what what was the secret to your marriage? And both of them said very calmly, "We come from a generation where we don't throw things just away because they have their you know the, the use by date is gone." Um, we work on things, we mend things, we Mm -hmm. keep things, uh, we maintain things. And that is also what they meant with their marriage. They maintain the marriage. There is this this principle of the of the emotional bank account, when you just Mm -hmm. take out, take out, take out, guess what, at some stage Mm -hmm. you end up in trouble. But what was Mm -hmm. to happen if you start giving little Mm -hmm. acts of love every day, without being prompted, Um, clean up the kitchen, Um, leave a little love note somewhere where he or she can find it. Those little Mm -hmm. things that are not expected, but they are suddenly there. How beautiful would that be? I know, Mm -hmm. can you imagine that if you start every day, a little bit in your relationship, there's a beautiful other principle, it's called a five minute gardener. And the five minute gardener refers to the fact that every day from now on, you spend five minutes in the garden, never more, never less. And it doesn't matter. Just do it five minutes. Can you imagine that after a week, you would see already a change in your garden? Could yeah. you imagine that after a month or even three months, that your garden would very look very different? That has probably heaps more plants in there. There are probably no weeds there. That is probably, you know, everything is growing in abundance. Could you imagine that? Yeah, I bet you it would be the same if you were to try to do the same in our marriage, in our relationship. Yeah. The five minute gardener the, the yeah. five-minute husband maybe i should write that book the five-minute uh, husband <laughs> yeah it's
1: that's, that's a wise wise concept yeah
0: isn't it <laughs> hey i think uh, i just came onto something there <laughs> okay no, no that's brilliant oh man christian um You have written an amazing book, and you were saying uh, that those people who were, um, that some people gave it a negative review because uh, it was 60% faith based. It didn't strike me as such. Um, I was able to read. The messages in your book, and therefore, uh, guys, if you're out there, even if if you if if Jesus Christ has not touched your your life, or if you believe in in another god or other gods, it doesn't matter. Actually, if you just look at the message of the words, not not the way they are described in in in, in religious terms, this is such a good book. This is such a good logical. Uh, demystification of marriage problems that is what i loved about it it was so honest and transparent and it was written by someone who has has been in the trenches and still is so therefore there is there is decades of experience there both as a man as a as a victim (laughs) as a survivor (laughs) (laughs) however you put yourself whatever label you 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 carry at the moment Um, I invite you to read this book and become a thriver, not survivor. Survivor is just scraping through, but a thriver of someone who has actually learned from the darkness that he or she was in and is now prospering because you have planted all those seeds of self-love, of of the of of learning the true meaning of the principles of integrity, transparency, humility. For most of us, we are just uh, uh, paying lip service. I think that is my my conviction. I certainly had no, no idea about the meaning for much of my life. Nowadays, mm. I actually practice them. Extreme yeah. ownership. I take yeah. action. And that's beautiful. So, guys. It, it Feels good. Isn't it?
1: May I pull up the image of the book? Would that Could, be yeah. helpful? Please. Okay. All right. So... Anybody watching the video version of this, I think it can be helpful to see the actual um, cover of the book. But also the URL—it's a custom URL that takes you straight to a page that describes the book. It's stormymarriage.info, not .com or uh, .nz, but stormymarriage.info, and you can learn a lot more about it.
0: Mm. Thank you so much, Christian, for writing this book. Um, It's a book that—see, it's a book I had never read had I not decided to bring you on to this show. So <laughs> I read it as part of my due diligence. And yet here we are, um, me raving about it, honestly. And obviously that, that shows me that maybe there were quite a few things in my marriage that maybe I could do better or that we could address <laughs> in a better way. So here you that. go. Just be open, guys. Be open to... Those things that sort of uh, flutter into your into your life and just be open to be uh, be curious. Be curious to open these doors that are just ajar. Open them a bit further and have a look inside. You never know what surprise, uh, what surprise awaits you. And that's exactly what happens with me with today's show. Um, so I'm awesome. very grateful. I'm I'm incredibly grateful that you came on board. And well, I think you. actually my wife, my wife is Christian. I'm not. But so that I think what I will suggest to her is that we both read the book again. So she the first time and me again, and maybe read a chapter and have a chat and a coffee and maybe have a chat, a little, little advice have a chat and a coffee somewhere else in a public yeah. place. Okay. Ah. That's often the best, best way of doing it because then it's very unlikely that the explosions happen as much as they could in your kitchen. Um, yeah. Little advice there. And you can actually focus on on talking. So, you know, it is, uh, I think this might actually be something where I can bring my marriage to the next level so thank you (laughs) exactly
1: well thank you thank you thank you for having me i love uh, this conversation i think we touched on really a lot of very very important and hopefully hope inducing topics for folks and uh, just i wish the best for everybody out there struggling Uh, i know the pain is so intense uh, but things can get better
0: indeed but they get better through action and action needs to start with us first and if we're in extreme distress if you're in the airplane and the the oxygen masks come down you have to put them on yourself first you need to look Mm -hmm. after yourself first and Mm -hmm. take action in that and then take action when it comes to a relationship so get christian's book and whilst you're there get my book because they actually they actually quite nicely um nicely sort of gel in a in a oh, in a strange way because we have both seen the principles that work um to change someone into a better human being And guess what you don't need to be a, a rocket scientist here to figure out that there are many commonalities uh in order absolutely. to achieve a better yourself to get sober to Uh, become financially wealthy become physically healthy to have a better relationship it all starts with doing the basic works the foundation of looking after yourself so come along on the journey it's a beautiful journey it's a journey that is so surprising and will forever change your life and my educated guess is it will change to the better so yeah brilliant agree thank you so much for coming on to my show i had an amazing amazing uh interview today thank you so much
1: thank you stefan thank you for having me
0: and you out there look after yourself and live with passion bye mm-hmm.